Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 2nd. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing all right. You know, I am, uh, my wife is saying that I'm run down. I've, I've logged eight hours in the car already this week, but I have to congratulate you. What's that? I saw there's a list circulating on golf <laughs> Twitter listing the worst, the worst golf media accounts. I am squarely in the crosshairs of this list but you are not a part of it so congratulations on not being part of the worst golf media this was this was a live uh, you know proposed by a live enthusiast uh, uh a nameless live twitter account is, is that accurate correct <laughs> i don't know if correct. i should be offended happy i slid under the radar there I'm, I'm good i'm glad happy about that but i'm glad you you made the list you know get popped there you go a lot of reaction to your appearance on tv the other day unwitting appearance didn't know you're just kind of prancing down the middle of the 18th fairway next to a pga tour pro of note and golf uh channel picks you up so a lot of a lot of big week for you you're on lists worst lists you're on tv uh unbeknownst to you so good week for you don eight hours of driving back and forth um i was i was in a hospitality tent today so how was that, that going was it, it hospitable was you yeah. know honestly it was so much fun i, I was enjoying betting on on the amateurs you know, I was watching them all miss the green oh, on 17. God. And then the bet, the bet was odds, like three to one odds. Like, will they hit the next shot on the green? It was awesome. It was so fun. I've, I've, were it you was really like, betting? Like, yeah, the button, uh, I was betting. Yeah. Okay. There's, sweet. That is, fun. I hit a, I hit a five to one. One of the guys was like in the front finger of that big bunker on mm-hmm. 17 miraculous yeah. shot to like 15 feet got five to one odds on on him hitting the green <laughs> nobody believed it it was awesome sort As of the a, golf, the golf sort of channel a, appearance yeah i was just trying to figure it get to the bottom of the east west thing and uh and the player said that you, you know he you're always flying east or you're always flying west there's yeah we got some quick feedback i i think i was Look, I, I claim that we are both idiots. I'm quickly, we are, that is a disclaimer at all times on this podcast. But I thought I was pretty accurate. On, I thought I had it figured out. You're flying east to get to the western part of the world. Um, and that's the way it goes. The dateline's got nothing to do with anything. We don't, look, we don't need to rehash this again. You were just asking questions. You weren't necessarily arguing for one way or another. You're just yes, curious. Just, curious well, mind. I also... I also found out, you know, if you fly, say you fly to Russia, you'd be mostly flying north. You'd fly over the over. top. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we can get into that right now. Scramble the brains. It's really at the start of what should be a, a notable, big, important podcast. A lot happening I think, in golf. I think the, the median points like India, where there might be a differentiation of whether you could go east or west. Yeah, to get to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the destination matters. From Are you talking about from where? California or something or middle America? Some, yeah, somewhere in America. Okay. That might be what the the... The tipping point, you know, okay. where you could go either way. Um, you mentioned the AMs playing in Pebble. This is not the most important thing, but kind of a, a underlined story, like an understory here is like sort of the the Lord of the Flies um, oh, yeah. jockeying to get a spot down to 80 when you normally have close to 160 some notable celebrities, obviously CEOs, probably not... Um, doesn't you know it's probably not cheap to get into that kind of thing in addition to having to know the right people to get even get the opportunity to pay to enter so that's like kind of an underlying story here that you know there's a lot else going on but a lot of intrigue and amusement around that i heard there was a big big price hike this year yeah supply's gone down it's inflation simple economics you know supply and demand Oh, we're doing directional. We're doing economics. We got. We're doing travel. We're doing all sorts of stuff here at the top. Um, you've talked about golf here with the the hole out or the chips from for round seventeen green. That may be the there extent were, of. There were no hole outs. Hole outs. Sorry, clear. I meant up and up and on. The best. Whatever. The best shot I saw with money on the line. Uh, a gentleman was over on the wood chips, uh, right of seventeen green. So like twenty yards right. And you know, chips. Is that the, the discor- pathway to like, the discourse eating? around the shot was like, you know what? <laughs> like, this is an easy one to lay sod on, leave it in the rough. You know, you hit it just a little heavy and it's going nowhere. And he does it. The ball hits, hits the sprinkler head short of the green and pops onto the green. It was incredible. Fabulous. I love that. Deft touch. I like the crowd that. erupted. <laughs> I think you know, I might go like to a, this tournament just to watch the AMs from seems now like on. A pretty good in-person experience. Maybe not great for TV over the years, but it's Look, kind of a fun little party. I've been bagging on AMs, you know, this idea of pro AMs, but honestly, it was it was scintillating to watch. I mean, the pros are too good. They're too predictable, right? They're still right, like, right. you're betting on like, are they going to hit the green off the tee? You know, a lot of them were leaving. They were hitting this wall of wind. But the yeah. amateurs, there's just so much chaos. Oh, yeah. You have no clue. I mean, they were almost hitting it. I mean, a couple guys almost hit it into the ocean, which the pin was on the far right. I mean, it's like six yards left to hit it into the ocean there. They almost hit it into the ocean. Was the wind dead in? It was right? like Wasn't in it off the left. A little so bit off like, the left. Yeah. It right. was like an insane miss to even get close <laughs> to the ocean. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. And and we were right in the line drive section. Like I, I, I felt like I needed a baseball mitt. I was in the skybox <laughs> right of the green. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. You should have been leaning over the railing like you're in the mezzanine of a baseball, like down the right field, first baseline. Like if I didn't have to get home tonight, I would have been there all day. Yeah. 
Hey, start having a couple pops. You know, I know that, that sounds like thing. a good I had, time. I had to just go slam my head against rush hour traffic on the way home. So, but anyway, this might be the extent of the golf talk. These shots from these amateurs, these billionaires, just struggling to keep it online by sixty yards. Because, well, we got to mention one thing what? about the golf. Thomas Dietrich, oh, God, former University on. of Illinois great, is leading at nine under. So I just wanted to get that in there. 63 uh, at Spyglass Hill. Um, Not sure how he how he qualified for this event, but he's there. How did he? Fall? I don't know. I don't remember him having a remarkable fall. Did he get finished I'm top like, 50 last I, year? He might have finished I'm like the 50. biggest Thomas Dietrich fan, and I have no clue how he got in there. Okay. Um, so a great golf tournament on tap, all set up Two phenomenal venues, a a historic venue for Saturday, Sunday, top, you know, 80, approximately top 80 players on tour, not in the world, I would say. Um, I would, I would extend this into Monday, you know, Sunday, Monday. It's going to Monday. Is that your call here? The weather on Sunday looks awful and monday wind? monday looks awful i mean they're talking about like sustained 30 miles an hour wind with like two right. inches of rain hmm. well you know you got you know aaron Rodgers, larry fitz in the field they need to sandbag up and kind of well they're out after friday <laughs> oh, sand water like that water accumulated on the green they got plenty of sand but um all right so yes uh there is a fantastic or nominally a fantastic golf tournament starting i don't know if we're going to talk much about it ricky fowler played well we got a good leaderboard as one would get colin morikawa xander was doing okay then he hit one in the ocean on 18 but uh as is the case often over the last couple of years um the golf is secondary to business matters press releases announcements movements uh with boards and business and executives um and the quote-unquote future of golf trying to be determined and hashed out and that will dominate overshadow and uh really mute some of the excitement around any actual golf here at least until the until maybe the final round because the strategic sports group deal was announced wednesday morning this came I don't know, a few hours after we recorded our Tuesday Tuesday night for Wednesday press conference. So we sort of missed it in the whole cycle. But uh, we'll try to dissect it here. Um, They're kicking in $1.5 billion. I don't think we need to go through like a ton of the details. It's, this was now 48 hours ago. But they're kicking in $1.5 billion. This wasn't a surprise, right? We knew they'd picked the SSG. We knew it was like on the edge for a week or two now. <laughs> Seems like it took a while to just finally vote it through and tidy up the press release and all of that. Press release came from some outside firm, not PGA Tour comms. I thought that was interesting. Like PGA Tour Enterprises, New Era. Is this like Mark Lazary's guy or Steve Cohn's press lackey? Uh, did not come from comms. So uh, that was a little different. But a new for-profit venture, PGA Tour Enterprise Enterprises. $1.5 billion from the SSG. Uh it's worth up to three billion valuation of twelve billion, which you know we can get into. A lot of Just money numbers. 
Uh, PGA Tour membership, which is about 200, will gain access to 1.5 billion in equity in this PGA Tour enterprises. I think that varies based on level of accomplishments, service time, things like that. Um, player grants, which come over time, will be based on yeah future participation, career achievements. So you can't just, I guess, get your equity and then run off, double up. You got to sort of, uh, presumably that entail, entails some commitment. Um, and there is room for future co-investment from the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, but they were not a part of this deal. Don't seem to be close to being a part of any deal. So that's your big announcement that came Wednesday. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with um, what this means for the future of the PGA Tour? I, Small yeah, question. I guess like if you want to look at this deal, theoretically, this should be a great deal for everybody in the sense that the sport as a whole, the PGA Tour players are no longer like just contractors. They are going to be equity holders in the tour. Now, like, why is that a good thing? Theoretically, let's I just want to keep emphasizing theoretically here. This is how a sane individual might think right? You're going to want to do everything. If you're an equity holder, you're an owner of a tour. You're going to want to do everything in your own power to maximize the value of the organization. Make it good, strong. So that goes from product to, you know, access that should go to access. Like, okay, if I'm a star player, I should want to be available. Um, It should go then it should go all the way down to like, I think like the, the kind of schism that's currently exists on the tour is like, if you want to maximize the value of the PGA tour, the number th- one thing you should want right now is all the best players in the world playing on the PGA tour. And I think this is all theoretical, right? So if you're an, equity holder if you're an owner of the tour you should theoretically want to do everything in your power to up the value of your tour so that you in in turn have a more valuable piece of equity right so this at, at the core should be good for every stakeholder including fans now i think there is like a lot of skepticism because of what's happened over the last three years. And I don't really consider based off of everything that's happened over the last three years, professional golfers to be rational human beings. Well, there's a lot of, it can get circular firing squatty quickly. You know, there's not always seen the best picture. So big picture, I should say. Yeah. Um, Presumably they have stock or equity. I don't think it's the preferred version compared to like Steve Cohen or Fenway, John Henry. Like they are like they are the drivers of a lot of decisions in PGA Tour enterprises. They will be. Their voices will be outsized. That they and they are quote unquote experts in doing this, right? In business, in sports business, in sports franchising. Uh that seemed to be a lot of the player refrain. Like it's great to really have some 
experts on board to have some real kind of people who know what they're doing running these businesses, which is kind of an indirect, an indirect or real direct or direct head on shot at management uh, that they have had over the last few years. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I can I just say it's kind of as I say that about this group, strategic sports group, it is nuts that the tour is just signed a kind of floating along. It is what it is. Obviously it's stale, has some issues, maybe like ripe for disruption. The Saudis come through disrupted. They rip off the PGL idea, like straight rip off, but they come through and they've got all the money and muscle. The tour then turns around. Here we are three years later, like things that were just nope, in, just completely intractable on. No negotiation. Like, nope, that's not. We could. That would be anathema. We might as well cease to exist if we became a for-profit or if we changed this. or we ch- Like things that just seemed like setting up a colony on Mars. Like that's how hard it was to do. They've now done like pretty quickly. But not with the group <laughs> yet that kind of has rated their entire tour value, value, significant value of their tour. <laughs> so it's, it's I'm not like criticizing this deal, what had to happen, but it's wild to think about where we were <laughs> like three, four years ago, the positions that we heard, where we are now, and it's also not with the people. <laughs> That like we're ready, willing, able, and offering it this a few years ago. So that's still out there. That's still an issue as of this recording and probably many more recordings based on how far off the PIF agreement might be. So so it's, that's wild. Man, I have isn't I, I have heard that this piece for this specific deal, this piece needed to come in first for the regulatory stuff. Yes. So yes. this needed to come in first, but all signs are is the other part is not close. And, and the thing that the most alarming aspect of all of this was yesterday when Jordan Spieth is up there this. and he's saying that they don't need the PIF money and they could just, it's like, dude, you just got 1.5 billion. The Saudis have spent like 2 billion in the last 2 years. Like you're bringing a knife to a fight with a guy with an AK47. You know? Like uh, I know that you've got this new shiny money, but this is a money war and the other guys got a lot more money than the SSG group does. I know they got a lot of money. They're I'm not smart tr- money too, and they probably don't want to be. I I would think they don't want to be investing in something that where like a competitor with more would still exist and threaten. You would right. think, but I have a, P, uh, Jay Monahan talked to the PGA Tour staff in that communication to the PGA Tour staff. He said, "Can I, can I give a few interesting anecdotes from that that meeting?" I have it. That's where I'm going right now. A PIF deal is "quote unquote" far off. Uh, there's a board 
There was no one else from any other organizations is what she outlined. So no PIF members that could change. You know, we got some details in the press release about seven PGA tour or player advisors and things like that. There was a board structure. Also said SSG investment is not contingent on the PIF deal getting done. Now, I, I guess maybe not in writing. Sure. Maybe not in the letter of the law, letter of the deal. You would think these guys have every intention to, quote unquote, to use Jay's quote, not keep a, quote, competitor on the board. That's like rating them, rating this $12 billion valuation or could. So it seems like the PIF deal is still a ways away, um, not for not for business sense necessarily, but for having dissipate hard feelings having to uh, letting those dissipate or trying to get over those you want some more anecdotes you want to throw a few more anecdotes about jay's meeting yeah these are more humorous ones i was trying to uh, bring some substance of what he said go ahead i've got the opposite do you have the peppy peppy peter stuff no the call oh god (laughs) peppy peter followed tiger on the call pretty good stuff um i gotta find it all right. So while while the all the employees were getting, you know, standing, get waiting for the meeting to happen, I guess there's some work getting done across from the moat. And Hell yeah. there's some speakers and it's blasting sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> for like the construction site? Yeah. I wanna be <laughs> sledgehammer. So- all right. So then the meeting starts and sweet Caroline comes on. Oh no. This is such a PJ tour type scene. The whole room squirmed as John Henry called us PGA, not PGA tour, PGA oh, no. five oh, no. separate times. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Does he know what he's in- bought? Does he know what he's invested here? So you think he got Michael Block? Maybe. That might be why they're kicking in all the money. <laughs> and then three of them, three of the people on the call, reiterated how strong Big J's leadership had been. And he's just characterized in general, there are too many moments of silence followed by forced applause. <laughs> this sounds like a scene out of like office space, whatever, like Silicon Valley. Just everyone's like, just like the faint applause with the awkward silence. Oh, that's good. First, first hand such, account such from behind the boat. I need that kind of deep. That is the kind of detail that scratches me where I itch. I want the music that was overheard. I want the, you know, misstatements of the misnomer by John Henry. That is exactly the kind of amusements I need. But yes, no contingency piff far off with the player one. I guess, uh, the player one was just like an open deal. It was at 5 a.m. What are we doing? The tour is on the West Coast right now. You've got, I guess it's not, it's 80 members. It's not the, But why are they having it at five? 
Who do you think woke up at five? No one. AM? No one. Well, Peppy Peter was on there, and I don't know how Peppy. He was. I mean, the guy's always on. He's always turned up to hundred. He had to have Pep at five a.m. So apparently, he follows Tiger. It goes like something just heavy hitters, like Steve Cohen or somebody, John Henry, just heavy hitter Tiger, and then you got the man in the bucket hat comes wandering onto the call. I wonder Peppy if he Peter. was wearing his bucket hat. He probably was. <laughs> So he follows. This is someone's favorite part. This was it was like open door. Everybody got on the Zoom. There's so many people who sent us notes of being on the Zoom. Um, wanted to share my favorite part. Peter Valnati had to follow Tiger in expressing his views on the deal as a player director. Peppy Peter went on to say something like the following. It was so cool to hear from one of the greatest of all time and hear his enthusiasm. And here I am as a guy that's been on tour for 10 years and never finished higher than 86th on the FedEx Cup. <laughs> And I can tell you, I'm equally excited. Like, <laughs> he then proceeded to tell everyone how excited he was for five straight minutes. Well, that's Peppy Peter. That's what you get. You get excitement. I love that. I love that he follows Tiger. Just kind of, kind of shits on himself, saying, "I've never finished higher than 86. Give me your billion dollars." Um. All right, where else do we want to go? Do you want to get to the PIF deal, like the real PIF? That's the elephant in the room, is it not? Like, is it not? Like, I mean, what's going to yeah. happen with the PIF deal? So here's Jordan Spieth. Um, someone said, you need that second deal. He says, I don't think it's needed. I think the positive would be a unification, but I think that, like I mentioned before, it's just something that is almost not even worth talking about, right? The second, given how timely everything would try, would be to try and get it figured out. Later, he said, I mean, this isn't reading between the lines. This is kind of like he's saying it. I think from where I sit, again, he's a policy board member, which is hopefully representing our entire membership. It matters how they feel about the entire situation. Well, that's just not a group that's going to get a consensus on anything. And then, you know, at this point, if the PIF were interested in coming in on terms that our members like, and or the economic terms that are at or not beyond SSGs. So a straight co-invest, not a majority, like a framework agreement. Wasn't it right of first refusal, majority, investor, all that stuff. And they feel it would be a good idea. I think that's where discussions will start. That's a pretty, that's kind of hardline rhetoric, right? Yeah. I mean, if they want to come in, if they're interested on our terms, basically coming in on our terms, maybe that's where we'll start or at an SSG level. Um, Webb Simpson was on the podcast, Ben Crane's podcast. Uh, ben Crane talk- has a podcast? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, like Bible Caddy. They read Bible verses and then I think they talk some golf as well. Okay. Um, so like, I don't know. I uh, the title of the, the podcast is like Ephesians 2 2 or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't think that does well in SEO, but uh, yeah, they had Webb Simpson, big get. We're still in ongoing negotiations with the PIF. They're working alongside SSG and us trying to come to a good starting point, starting point of negotiating starting. the deal with PIF. So they're not at very far. Again, 12 31 23 deadline. Wasn't, J- wasn't Jay in Saudi Arabia for like yeah. a week? 
Yeah. We felt maybe six months ago you could entertain both investors at the same time, but we realized it would be really tough. So we focused on SSG and we wanted to get that done. It's going to take some time. But if we can do another deal with them, I think we could see what we all want to see, which is us playing together maybe by next year or the year after. Um, so it seems like there was a strategy around this. There was a strategy to get past what you said, the DOJ regulation, bring in this 1.5 friendlier money for regulator- regulators. Maybe, maybe $3 billion. It maybe could go $3, to $3 billion. billion. Yeah. Then add the PIF on top of it with the effect of taking a competitor off the board, all that stuff, you know, but it sounds nicer and looks nicer to regulators. And so that may have been the strategy around it. And it seems like a smart one if that's what had to get done. And that's there, why this SSG has intervened, even though it wasn't a thing, didn't exist <laughs> June 6th. I think that web um, statement kind of reveals, paired with the Jordan Spieth statement, reveals the schism. <laughs> on tour to me right when i hear web talk it sounds like he wants to get everybody back together right yeah hopefully we can when i hear jordan spieth what he said on the matter it sounds like he's out for blood like oh i need to send this guy to jail because he went <laughs> and played somewhere else like they have to send well, him to pga tour jail before they can come play and i don't think that's an amenable term probably for the guy that's that you're going to be negotiating with, right? Right. So it was a smart strategy in theory, but what you have here are what you talked about. PJ tour player. Sometimes I don't know. You use the word rational. Maybe I like, I would jealous. They're jealous. They're envious. I would think, I would think tiger fucking hates Phil. Like I'm just, I have no inside info. No, just guess somewhat probably educated guess that tiger absolutely loathes phil i know they got together on the match stuff but i think he's probably really mad about that kind of thing and doesn't see a a scenario where that guy shouldn't have to jump through anything or have any seat at any table i think spieth seems to to have a similar feeling ricky fowler quoted today saying no 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 these guys gotta they gotta do some stuff there's no clear pathway back for them they made their choice um so that and then on the other side you've got web you've got right rory who said you know they should just like let's just get everybody back together they shouldn't you know let's not penalize them you also have yasser who's i don't know not a chump probably not not just gonna be like tell me how you want it and i'll do it um, I think he probably wants to be together. He wants to just be involved in this. Also, isn't just probably going to take it at this point. He had a magnanimous uh, letter to live players today, pretty pretty vanilla, saying, you know, look, the SSG investment's great. It's kind of in line with our view of what we want pro golf to be. Um, and didn't say much more other than that. Wasn't, you know, we're going to, we're committed to live or, you know, keep pushing forward and, and we're excited about the future of pro golf and what we envision for it. Um, but yes, the strategy in theory makes sense. I, I think this is like, it's like the massive elephant in the room. We, you have to also get to this place where everyone is back together or else, like we're going to keep talking about this shit instead of like Pebble Beach and great golfers playing Pebble Beach, right? And live tomorrow, like Mayakoba, like it's their season opener. Like it's, 
I don't know. It's not a that's the game of golf and the coverage. And look, we have the mics. I guess we could turn it off and talk about you know so and so's two iron into wherever uh, the, today. Nobody hits a two iron. Whatever it was, hybrid into fourteen. I saw Tony, but that's not the priority in pro golf right now. And so think, this piff has to be resolved. I think like all these, everybody involved needs to get over their own egos. In my personal opinion, this is like being in a war. All right. And when a truce gets called in a war, nobody really wins. Nobody's winning the war. Both sides are like, or you know, who's the, the casualties of this war are just, fans of golf and when you talk about again about being an equity holder in a in a golf product you want to have as many fans as possible so when you look at this thing and i know there's hard feelings i understand and i can sympathize how it must feel that some guys got paid 50 million dollars or 60 million dollars or 100 million dollars and damage your tour but at the end of the day what happened because of live for the pga tour purses went up the players finally got in an agreement that's way better for them they're going to get equity ownership these guys haven't gotten nothing for everything that's happened and i know that it's been like unnecessary drama. It's been undue harm, but it's not like these guys stopped getting paid and wages went down because this all happened. So just put everybody just needs to put their hard feelings aside and stop losing the most important thing to the sport, which is the fans. And I, I don't care how good you are at golf. If you continue to, piss off fans which they are continuing to do by making the sport only about money and not about the actual you know professional golf like instead of talking about a great field at pebble beach we're talking about a 1.5 billion dollar investment by a private equity firm into professional golf and how the players still aren't are unhappy right and it's like okay if you keep losing fans all you're doing is hurting yourself. So put your, you know, in through the whole process, all you've gotten is more paid. Like they've just gotten paid more through this whole process. That's the thing that's crazy is that all these guys have gotten wealthier than they would have if nobody went to live. If that never existed, if this hadn't come sw- swinging through. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's irrational. Well, they seem to, we'll get to this. We're, I want to talk about what SSG, like the practical impacts, what could happen. There was a lot of celebration, like this will let us put product first. But I know one company that put pro, puts product first, and we've been with them since day one to witness it. Product driven is Bdratty. Oh, yeah. They give a shit about every fabric. Look, we know Bdratty, the name on it. There are a lot of names on clothes out there. Right, a name like a some guy's name is on the cloak, but you know how much connection he has to that? None, right? It's mass produced. It's he has no idea what's his label or names even. But we know Billy personally. We know he gives a shit. He's walking around, you know, his 
head is in the clouds thinking about every stitch and button and fabric. And we heard a funny story about how he's trying to, he's got to, he's got to hide the exact fabric makeup. Sometimes his competitors maybe try to copy him. We heard a funny anecdote down at the PGA show about this, but we know Billy, he is the person actually thinking about the makeup of every product they put in uh, for sale or put on the store, whatever you want to call it, the the e-commerce site. And that is bdratty.com. We have a promo code. It's SGS30. Uh, look, a lot of thought goes into each and every product. They have the the hard the core polo, but they've branched out from there to a bunch of different stuff. Where were you going to say? I I went to Pebble today. Wild weather day. It was just like it was raining. It would be beautiful and sunny. It'd get cloudy and cold and windy. I was. I was the only person that wasn't, you know, constantly in and out of clothes because I had my Jack uh, long sleeve. You're not a big polo. long sleeve guy. You are um, not a long sleeve polo guy either. I wear it. I wear it out here. It's good long okay. sleeve polo. Weather. Okay. I had a ZR a Summit brand company. Our, our promo code works there. A ZR vest on a yeah. lightweight ZR vest on. And then I had my my zero restriction rain jacket. And I was perfect. I was perfectly layered and awesome products so yep go support yep. them they've supported us for a long time and thanks to be dratty yep uh all right so let's get back to product talk what will happen with the ssg i think i i, I thought the players were optimistic and enthusiastic i mean these you know sort of the speed and the, uh, some of the comments about piff but max home had a big tweet about like i think this will allow us to put the product first make it better for fans um, it seems like Adam Scott had similar comments, I think, on Golf Channel I saw. Uh, Scott, Tiger, Malnati used the word celebrate. Like, this is a this is a big day to celebrate for fans and PGA Tour players. Fans. Um, sure they, fans felt like so, that. So, so what do we think this $1.5 billion is going to do? Strategic sports group are not... Not a bunch of dunces, not a group of dunces. They clearly want return on this investment. How soon? Who knows? Um, will this mean, you know, they put the product first and revolutionize it? Are, are, is the moat going to be drained? Are they going to like cut costs in a lot of different ways? Are they going to strip it for parts? Like there's private equity that's come in and made products. And uh, speaking media specifically, but, but many other kind of made the product pretty threadbare and not great i don't think that's probably the way this is going to go but certainly some some bloat and costs will probably be cut what do you think is going to be sort of a a, an effect of these people being involved now and their investment being involved well i think like the good news is that there's someone other than you know the membership interest that's looking over things i do think this should be a positive thing. I think the money is going to allow them to take a few big swings, right? Like you got $1.5 billion to, to play with here, right? Hypothetically, hypothetically, what would be a big swing for you? Buying the PGA of America or something? Buying I think like beach, buying, buying the Ryder cup, to me yeah. makes a lot of sense. I was I I got thinking about this and I think it's 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 a fascinating thing like all right, if I'm an equity holder of the PGA Tour, 
I'm actually even more like unincented to play in the Ryder Cup as it's currently constructed. Why? Why do you say that? Why would I go as an equity owner and play somewhere else that I that doesn't drive value back to my equity, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, as you start to think about this, that competition, I, think- I also don't think that competition makes a lot of sense for the PGA in the grand scheme of things. Sure, it floats a lot of bills. We always hear, like, this pays for everything. But if the PGA Tour offered them a billion dollars for it, too. that that pays for a lot of things and can allow an organization to have like the PGA of America isn't an event. They don't run events, right? They run a couple events and it's like odd that their thing that pays for everything is an event, right? Like, why don't you create some products that more fall in line with what you do? Can I just say that would be a pretty sad, effed up mindset if some PGA Tour pro was like, I'm an equity holder in this company well, and I'm not going to go play for my country in this it is. other company. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure a few without naming names would have that mindset, but that would be pretty pathetic, quite honestly. I, um, I, I agree, know you're but just creating I, a straw man here, but would, would anything that any of these guys do surprise you <laughs> at the end of these three years? It does feel like they will try to revolutionize a little bit of the tour, the product, right? Uh, interestingly enough, Jay Monahan I mean, so, is still in charge. So I, I was trying to think about this. I, I mean, like I was, I've been thinking about this like since the deal got announced. So if you're a private equity company, right, you want to see a return on your investment. So how do you get a two x return on this money? How do you, how do you take the PGA Tour from twelve billion dollars to twenty four billion. You think it's at twelve billion dollars? It doesn't even own the five most valuable franchises in men's golf, which is the Ryder Cup and four majors. It's just I a th- lot of inventory. I think it's super valuable if you yeah. have all of the best players as equity holders, right? Yeah, I mean it's because clearly that valuable. effectively creates almost like contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah. kind of kind of right like depends. it it should incentivize yeah. people to stay right should can depends on what we'll see what that equity is but my yeah like i i just i've been thinking about like what makes the product without the majors double in value And it's not like, hey, we're going to show 30 minutes less of commercials. That's, I'm sorry. Like, you got to be talking about like some very, like, there's a cost cutting element to this, right? You can make up a lot of money by becoming more efficient, right? But like Uh at the end of the day, there has to be some pretty big, big shakeup, revolutionizing type things. I like I where my head went is like format. Like could like this is crazy. This is insane that I've backed myself into this take. And I I can't I'm all right. So would you agree that longer competitions reward better players? 
Uh, yes. So like the longer the golf tournament, 72 holes, 90, 108, the better, the more dominant players are going to rise to the top, right? Uh-huh. But, but, and this, and you want to have superstars, right? But in, in this era of sports, attention span, competition, I think the actual answer is shorter competitions for popularity, right? Yep. Okay, so if you shorten the competitions for popularity, you're going to get more fluky winners, right? Yeah, right. So thus, to reward or to showcase who's the best, you know what you need to have? What? A season-long race? A really good season-long race. Yeah. Max Verstappen type thing. Yes. Although so, he wins everything each week. Like, I, I just don't know how you get... How do you double the audience of golf unless you create a like drastically different product, right? I don't think you do double the audience of golf. How do you double the value then? Look, I don't know. You cut a bunch of costs. You bring everyone back into, you create and build and buy new properties that add value. I, I, I see this talk about like golf was broken. Like the tour was stale and bloated and not pushed to be innovative in any way. I don't think it was in shambles. Look, I'm not a big fan or defender of the tour. It was it was like I think we're being a little extreme here and like I, I don't think we need massive departures from the current PGA Tour. It needs to get way better as a product. But like PGA Tour Enterprises then maybe gets to go and play and do its own thing that that creates value. I don't think like golf is massively broken. Now the last two years or three years been a, like really dispiriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a mess. And the, the tour was really stale and, and fat. I just, I just am tr- struggling. Gonna- I'm struggling. Like I get, I think like there are other avenues, right? Uh-huh. There are, cost-cutting things that you can do but at the core like the product has to pop a little bit more and i don't know i don't know for the pga tour like the major 72 hole stroke play like boom done awesome like those those events are i think growing you know like i think they're more popular Uh, than ever a little bit depends I mean, some of the TV ratings tank. Well, yes. I mean, the TV, they're growing TV as business. viewers are, yes, are yes. going down, right? Like, yes, as general. They're like growing a, as like business units or business entities. Yes. So like yep. to me with the, with the tour, like, I don't, can you compete with the majors with the same product? Like is that, that's like gotta be like a big is looming. That the, is that what they should be trying to do? compete with the majors well that's what you're doing if you're rolling out 72 hole stroke play as your as your core product right i i I think yeah so i mean what are we just talking about something that's not golf it's like 18 holes a day for uh, seven days or 18 hole tournaments or i this is where i'm getting it seems like we're having these overreactive solutions to 
like an organization that was admittedly ripe for disruption, um, but not like a ship that was at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, you got to think there's like a 30% gain just by efficiency, right? <laughs> you think they're going to, Steve Cohen's going to walk across the drawbridge, take a look around. That pizza oven, enjoy it, folks, while you got it. Yeah, there may be some. 20? I don't know. So, like, you got 20% of, let's just say you get 20% of the way just by. All right. I don't don't know how much people lose in their jobs. I'm not. I'm not I'm not I know. using efficiency. I'm I'm saying like maybe Other maybe like it's like the small example is like the rookie meeting in Hawaii that they wasted hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars on sure. that could have been accomplished over Zoom, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just I think that's the big question is how how do you do it? I I and I want I really wonder where the what the ideas are. I heard a rumor that like gambling, like really leaning into gambling was one of the core ones. I don't think that's really a great idea. Okay. Like, I don't, is that, is that a $12 billion solution? I I mean, there's obviously smart people who think that golf is not realizing its full potential or value here. And that includes the live side of things too. And that's why they started it. And they're spending a lot of money to, to try and get there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't doubt their necessarily their model or valuation at 12 billion. I I'm curious to see how they grow it or get that return. Um, one big outcry almost unified outcry came from fellows who play across the pond or across all the ponds. It was like they sent a memo out. Everybody tweet the same thing at the same time. It was Bobby McIntyre, I don't Dick Mansell, uh, Lee Westwood responding to Dick Mansell. Just everybody like at the same time. What about us? What about us? Like, oh, are you DP? What does this mean for DP World Tour? That was all like at the same time. And it's a fair question because the press release was on PJ Tour letterhead and talked about equity for those players. Um, Did you see uh, Richie Ramsey's uh, yeah. tweet? Yeah, on, it's a good tweet. I, I tweeted something about like, what's the first big purchase the tour will make? Wrong answers only. <sighs> You know, with the one point yeah. five billion, and Richie yeah. Ramsey tweeted uh, a a map so so the tour can locate the rest of the world. <laughs> I mean, I I we are big Euro Tour enthusiasts, supporters, indulgers. We love it. Um, I think in general this is probably good for them, even though if you can't, it's not on paper, it doesn't say that in the press release. Um. I think it gives them maybe, I mean, they, they're at the table already, right? I mean, they're in the alliance. They're not completely, they're not in a position to live. They're getting world rankings points. I think they have a little few cards to play um, that, to cut themselves in. That said, it um, doesn't have a $12 billion valuation. It was a distressed asset. That's a quote. 
uh, from what was it? The filings, I think, in, in the Clayman, the South Florida Clayman thing, the tour saw this. Like, it, it has some real sort of um, warts on it right now. Uh, to my chagrin, I like I, to my dismay, I, I love the European tour. So, it's a fair question. They all seem to ask it in unanimity at the same time when this announcement came out. So, the, I could see where they're curious about what will happen. Um, should we keep going? You want to keep going to reaction to this? Um, yeah. I want to talk about you, Rory McIlroy. Do you think the Do you think the um, the Euro Tour should get something? Do you think they should get a bone? I, I mean, outside of you and Lamagna, I mean, these are the people screaming about a world tour. I mean, it's coincidentally, it's the guys who would like to be cut in. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I would love to see a world tour. When, but it's the guys about, who are on the outside. Well, hold on. I think that's where they get their bone, maybe. Go ahead. Hold on. When you yeah. talk about like what we just talked about with growth, right, for the PGA Tour. For the PGA Tour. Yep. Yep. You actually have to look at the growth opportunity, and I should have probably mentioned this as, as while we're really not very worldwide, could we... Could we totally. get a little bit of more money if we went a few more places? Should honestly be a real consideration here. Open up the market in India. Well, look at what whatever. the NFL is doing with Europe. They need to grow. They want to grow. They want to become bigger. The Bears are playing in in whatever Tottenham Spurs Stadium. Tottenham. Tottenham. The Spurs. My, our, my Arsenal's arch rival, a legend. Come on, I, you Spurs. I'm not boys. sure. Yeah. I don't really know yeah. anything about that league, but. I mean, this is the problem, though. It's just like the endless pursuit of growth. It's a problem with our whole fucking society. I can't just be happy making a shitload of money in the status quo, but we got to keep, I don't know, whatever. So now we go into India to play, to hope, you know, five people pick up the game and some brand pays a billion dollars to be on the on the billboard. And it's like, You're not all right, now we're traveling that. around the world and playing shitty golf at shitty spot, you know, and who knows where, like, of course, I would love to see Australia. I'd love to see India. I'd love to see golf get bigger as a sport everywhere. But, you know, it's just interesting that we can't just sometimes be happy with making a ton of money and a great setup that we might have. Anyways, um, I want to talk about Roy McElroy. We also missed his quotes on Tuesday. You talk about a guy. I don't mean to be dramatic here. I saw today Lewis Ham- Lou Hamilton. He jumps from the Mercedes suit to the Ferrari suit. Big, a big shocker. I, I read these Rory quotes. And I'm like, this guy could be in a live uniform by like Wednesday. I'm being dramatic here. I like Lewis Hamilton jumped. But this is a guy, and I would analogize it. Two, I've watched LeBron James since he was in third grade. Boy, when he is maybe not thrilled with his management of his team or general manager or coach, you kind of hear about it, whether cryptic or otherwise. This this week we had a, a what is it, a timer, like the, the dripping sands of time uh, emoji. Who knows what the hell that means? You hear about it from LeBron. I'd say Rory was less than cryptic in his press conference on Tuesday um, on all things. And I, 
you can kind of see the Spieth. Spieth then came in Wednesday. It's like, that's Rory's opinion. A lot of other guys have another opinion. I don't know. There's different opinions. Um, here's what Rory said. Uh, I wouldn't say I was involved. I'm involved in the decision-making process at all, really. This was before the thing came out. I just hope they get it done. I know they were supposed to vote on it Sunday night, and there was a delay. They are supposed to vote on it last night, and there was a delay. I love him kind of airing it out here a little bit. I feel like this thing could have been over and done with months ago. So you could sense the frustration in that. I think they're for just for all our sakes, the sooner we get out of it and we have a path forward, the better. I should say now that it's out, he spoke afterwards. He said today, Thursday was great. I'm glad we're moving forward. Um, someone asked him, should you have been on the board? Like, w- would you say this was a success and have your personal effect for you? Should I have never went on the board? Mm, I think so. I actually, I think I said this when I did step off. I'm happy being busy. I just like to be busy doing the things that I think are not worth it. I think that's the wrong way to phrase it. But more, I just didn't feel like I could influence the things I way, the way I wanted to. And I felt like I was just banging my head against the wall. And it was time for me to step off and kind of concentrate on my own stuff. Again, someone who didn't sound doesn't sound super thrilled with the uh, at the time the state of management of which he was sort of a part. Banging my head against the wall. Who's on that board? Everybody's been there. Yeah, everybody's totally. probably been in a workplace situation where you felt this way. This one kind of rocked, made the aggregators, rocked the aggregators. Um, it's about coming, bringing guys back into the fold. <clears throat> I think life is about choices. Guys made, cho- guys made choices to go and play live. Guys made choices to stay here. If people still have eligibility on this tour and they want to come back and play or you want to try and do something, let them come back. I mean, I don't, I think it's hard to punish people. I don't think there should be punishment for, obviously I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA tour and having a diminished live tour or anything else is bad for both parties. It would be much better being together and moving forward together for the good of the game. That's my opinion of it. So to me, the faster we can get all get back together and start to play and start to have the strongest fields possible, I think is great for golf. Um, this is a flip-flop. Okay. Yeah. People called it hypocritical, which that, they don't understand the word hypocritical. It's a flip-flop. Um, that has come to have a negative connotation for some reason, like in po- politics mostly. I would say like, I don't know, if I don't have flood insurance and all of a sudden like a river starting running next to my house and I do have flood insurance, I've flip-flopped on the, the, the decision to have flood insurance. But circumstances what? have changed. I don't know that like he sees the current landscape and he's flip-flopped. He's changed positions significantly over the last, whatever, 18 months. He's had to talk a lot about it. This is, he's certainly flip-flopped on this point. Uh, Yeah. And I think like, obviously the situation's changed substantially, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he's trying to be pragmatic. I, I right. I mean, at this point, with what like, what's what's there. If, if you had your daughter, child in a school, and you really believed in the school, I I believe in the school. I'm into the school, but then like over time, nobody's learning anything, and parents are taking their kids out of the school, and eventually it's down to like you're looking around and you're like, who's left in the school? You know, maybe you might say, maybe it's the school's fault here. Maybe there's something different that I need to look at. And I think like, I don't know. 
I think one of the things that he's done is he has taken his emotional feelings out of of the situation and is looking at it a little bit more pragmatically of like, you know what? This Saudi bunny is inevitable. He fought it. He, I mean, I think everybody can say that he tried very hard to keep it out of the game, but at a certain point, I think that like this money is going for all sports. You see it. It is coming. I don't know. Like, listen, like you could say I'm, laying down to sports washing but it's just it seems like nobody's saying no when they're people that can make say no right um yeah last Rory quote question is a win here at Pebble or at Riv cheapened by the fact that John and DJ and fill in the blank is not playing that week yeah this was his response. I'd like to win here and stand up with a trophy on 18 grain and know that I've beaten all the best of players, all of the best players in the world. So yeah, I think seeing, yeah, it is cheapened. And I read that and that was the kicker after this whole, pre- I was like, God, this guy fucking hates the, the, I don't know, management, whatever term you want to use right now. He's just frustrated with like an old Broadway situation. It's like he's saying a win is cheapened. And I'm not saying that's a baseless uh, assertion, but that's that's very far from where he's been. When you talk about the tour and the position it's in, the fact that like nobody, I don't think any sane person could disagree with that statement shows why it's so far away from major championship golf, which is the most valuable golf, right? Yep. Um, And that's where it has to get back to. Yep. It has to be close. Yeah, you have to be able to say, yeah, I beat all the other guys that would be in a major when I'm playing at Pebble Beach, anchor U.S. Open site. They kind of started to get there, you know, at the start of the Q1 last year. Yeah, Delaware. yeah, and then the the start of it last year with just a great run of stuff like Phoenix and Riv and Bay Hill, all that. It was good players. I, they were kind of getting there. They didn't have everybody, but um, you our reaction. It, you know when it stalled out? What? When they added board seat. Who was that again? I think it was Tiger. Okay. Um. All right, so. He says we can have him back in. Just bring him back. The faster, the better. We've ta- we've read speed. Ricky, yeah, as far as decisions to go elsewhere and just welcome back, I don't think it's a direct road. I mean, they made decision. There has to be there has to be something for it. So Ricky doesn't seem super cool with Roy's notion. Um, guy, guy that turned down 40, 50 million, not cool with letting other guys back. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Bezaden out. Currently in the top five hey. at the... Probably. Do you remember? Do you remember when there were all the Spieth rumors swirling about Liv, and then he and he hid like from vaguely, a press conference? I think it was vague, at a PGA. Vaguely remember it. I thought a lot it was of Spieth smoke, and then he just didn't get up and talk. Was all these Southern guys Hills PGA. I think I like know. one of the things that I'm like most disappointed with 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 the players that seem very opposed to the to the letting live players back is they were all guys to me that had a, strong rumors 
of going to live. And then I don't know never, if Spieth ever had a strong rumor of going to live. Then never step, sure. stepped up to the mic and talked the way that Rory did. Hmm. Everybody kind of looking out for themselves and trying mm-hmm. to look and keep up with the Joneses or something that that phenomenon. Um, Christian Bezadenhout, I want to give him his voice. He was impressive today in a post round presser, getting through. You know, obviously struggles with stuttering. He was like amazing. I watched that live with Todd Lewis. Um, but he was on the record just to kind of give you a mid mid tier rank and file. I wouldn't mind investors in the PGA Tour, but I want to want to see any of the live guys come back. Rory is one of 200 guys that feels that way. So I don't feel like his say should be the only say on tour. He's a huge asset to the tour. He drives our tour so well, but I just don't feel that his 180 turn, 180 degree turn he's made over the last few months would be the right call. I think there's a lot more to it. And there are a lot of guys that feel that. There's a lot of guys who also turned down millions of dollars, which would have made a difference in their life. Probably not in Rory's life, but in a lot of other guys' lives. I just know even some of the top guys who don't want live guys back here. If the PIF wants to invest, it's obviously great. But I just feel like the players on the board should represent 70% of the players that feel the way I feel. So just, I guess he's, it's a percentage he's comfortable or confident with. 70% feel that way. I don't know. But uh, clearly something has to budge as, as for the next step. This is a good, great step. The SSG, I think. So if that's the sticking point and, uh, you know, that, that prohibits the PIF deal. What then? What then would you think it would happen? I mean, like I just don't give a shit anymore. I watch the majors. We watch the majors. It's all that matters. Um, the equity is worth nothing. It's just yeah, a bunch of guys, some of whom are stars, some of whom are not, uh, playing for a product that's losing money. I I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they haven't figured it out, but they gotta figure. It. They gotta get fast, faster the better. Get people back together. Um, and as hard as tough as that pill is to swallow. All right, uh, that does it for the SSG portion. There's a lot more going on. Live is doing any shot any time. They announced that it's kind of a partnership with an Australian. Uh, it's not a partnership production with company. Google Cloud is involved. There's a quote from somebody with Google Cloud, Matt Renner. Um, it's interesting. Good development. We'll see it when it comes out this summer. We'll talk more about that. Live starts tomorrow. Um, I have a. I need to read this article on John Rahm's team name. I'm not going to do it tonight. We're at the whatever mark. 105 mark. We're going through it. I promise you, we need to understand a bit more about Legion 13. And it's not really flattering why he named it this, but we'll get I'm, I'm very confused about why he got there, but we'll get there at I, some point. I also um, want to break down this Golf Digest article titled Why Nick Dunlop's Feel Good Story is the Best Argument Against the Planned Golf Ball Rollback. I want to get I want to get to <laughs> I will get to that. I want to get to Adam Schupach's article. Of I I I think anonymity is useful and warranted in some articles. I know uh, Justin Thomas tweeted about that recently in the last year, but we don't need to give anonymity. I can't say that word to freaking blithering imbeciles just to shout about stuff, and uh, that's what they did in this most recent shoe pack article about collusion for uh, policy board members getting seats. Just guys being mad to shout about stuff. 
Uh, I want to get to that. I want to get to the Wyndham Clark story. I forget where I saw this. Ben Coley had a great tweet. He talked about playing with Patrick Cantlay. He said Cantlay was down. He was bummed. This might have been uh, Golf Digest, Golf Talk. I can't remember where he talked. Wyndham Clark said he was down, really down. He could tell Cantlay was down. He was just bummed, not motivated. He goes, look, I've never seen Cantlay. He's the best money game player I've ever seen. So he said they're going to play $5,000. Uh, for first five birdies and the thousand bucks after that, they said Kelly was like a new man all of a sudden. And Coley, Ben Coley had the great tweet like, Is Wyndham Clark here suggesting that a primary motivator for Patrick Cantley to get going in a match at the Ryder Cup was dot 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 money? And like, given the fallout after the hat and all that stuff, was it was a good story. It was an enlightening story that Cantley became a new person when some money was on the line at the freaking Ryder Cup. Um, other stuff, women's purse, U.S. Women's Open purse is up to $12 million. Ally is a new title sponsor. Um, Rory took a two-shot penalty today. Uh, did not drop on the direct line. Can't go club length one way or the other off the line. I think Harry's got to know that. That's not good. Rule change. He went bogey, triple, bogey uh-huh. to go from six under to one under quickly kind of wrapping up at spyglass i think you know i i don't know whatever this happens <laughs> this is like a perfect example of when when he'll lose by like two shots <laughs> and i'll like i'll go back to the two shot penalty that's the way golf works right yep full scene full swing season two announced uh the posters out for that you got rory jt Wyndham Clark, the aforementioned William Clark, Wyndham Clark, not William. LD. Uh, the Fitz brothers, Luke Donald, the Ryder Cup. looks like it'll be an element for that. Uh, so we'll dig into that again. Um, and that's it. Oh, Hudson Swafford and Lori Cantor just floating at live. They're not a part of a team. Andy, our intro song, Mathematics, Shotgun Start. It's about mathematics. They're pushing up against it now. They got 54 guys. They got a 13th team. They have 54 guys, and they got one in every hole. Uh, that's it. They're maxed out. They can't be going to 1B and 18B. What, what? When are you off with the Shotgun Start? They're up against it, and I guess these two floaters are just kind of roaming around, playing for Well, they need the, the injury prize. guys. What's that? They need the injury guys. Yeah. Yeah. Lori Cantor. He feels he's like gonna, he's been. He's going to wear a lot of jerseys this year. It's like, I mean, you remember Craig Hodges? Of course you remember Craig Hodges wearing yeah, the NBA one, jersey for one. the three-point contest. That's essentially what Hudson Swafford and Lori Cantor are playing roamers, but in the field. Who's your pick to win the, win the, win the whole thing? Live? The yeah. The cliques. Yeah, I'm a cliques guy. Did you see? You see, crushers have like reins, like real championship reins. Bryson was like flashing this big rein, like Bob Kraft or something. I'll tell you Ridiculous. what. Rom, Rom's, um, Rom's attitude is going to be the thing to watch the whole year with this tour. Let's not forget, like he gets mad at cameramen. Yeah. Like you're gonna have the music going, all that stuff, and I think like at the end of the day, maybe it'll mellow him out. He just the, doesn't care. At the end of the day, 
if he ba- if he plays bad in the first two majors for whatever it could be for whatever reason, this shit could get really ugly, really fast. Like you could tell Brooks is pissed off with the chirping, but like Brooks is like probably just gonna go into apathetic mode, right? Rom, there's nothing apathetic about Rom. I'm going with this. I'm going with this. Legion 13. Here we go. Mike McAllister, our old friend, livegolf.com. How do you get to author of the article of the year last year? (laughs) Golf Digest Middle East. Yeah, about free agent acquisitions. Here we go. I'll be quick. Hey, Uh, hey, DJ. Or hey, uh, Yankees. Don't sign with anybody. Hold on. The Aces call. It's the Yankees. (laughs) All right. So this is Mike McAllister. John Rob Moldover potential names for his new live golf team. He couldn't help but remember his favorite comic books and cartoons while growing up in the Basque region. Asterix and Obelix were lead characters in French comic book series. Uh, Asterix is a fearless Gaul warrior. warrior. Obelix is a loyal sidekick. Quote from Rom. Gotta pay attention to this. They lived in this village in France that the Romans could not invade because they had a wizard and had a magic potion that would... This is John freaking Rom. A wizard and a magic potion that would give the villagers extra strength, Rom recalled. I remember the legion or the army that tried to conquer them over and over again. It was Legion 13. That was why it was so familiar to me. Now, I got to stop here. This was the legion that, quote, could not conquer them, could not get into the village because the wizard, the wizard and the magic potion. One of these teams should change their name to the Wizards. Right. So we're going with the team name of the army that couldn't break through. <laughs> I'm very confused. So there was Legion that was so familiar to me. That's now the expansion team. The 13 was appealing to him because the structure of the captain, X, and the three players, Roman numeral three, uh, and it'd be the 13th club. Okay, that makes sense. He also said, I wanted to go down the warrior mythology side. I was thinking gladiator. We were thinking when the Spanish Armada in that aspect of history, even though it sunk and failed miserably, the name is cool, right? I was like, he is just, I don't understand. I'm confused. He picked the Legion that couldn't break into the village and, and get his, his comic book characters. And he also wanted to do the one that sunk and failed miserably. Uh, the front runner was Atlas. He's like history. That's, I'm just going to leave it a blot. But it's something he's passionate about. Uh, the Lion is, you know, he, the soccer team he grew up with uh, following was called the Lions. So he put thought into it. I like that he put thought into it. And there's an origin story. I was just confused about the, the Legion 13 being unable to break through. Which so. team do you think has the least amount of thought in their name? <laughs> I mean, all of them. <laughs> We saw that in that London event. I mean, probably Niblix because it doesn't exist anymore. They're just throwing stuff. Cleeks. I, I mean, they, that smash. Smash was bad. Smash. Like the fart, the animated fart. F- fireballs. I mean, yeah. I for that respect, I can appreciate that with Rom. Really wanted to kind of make it work. So that's, they'll make their big debut on Friday uh, afternoons at Mayakoba. Hour 20 episode on a Friday. See, Sergio's developing another course at Mayakoba. He's really? kind of wandering around in caves. He's in the, he, might, he might make another cave bunker. 
Oh yeah. Allegedly. He's looking at looked like topo maps and other things walking around Mayakob. I wonder who's building it for him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just preliminary sightseeing. I don't know. But all right. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. We will have a Monday episode that will talk about golf shots at Pebble Beach. Maybe it'll be Monday night. Are we going to get jammed here with this weather? Well, maybe it'll be delayed, but we'll see. We'll see. The next episode, we will talk about golf, talk about a great tournament, hopefully at Pebble Beach, Some int- hopefully some int- something intriguing at Mayakoba as well. We will see you on Monday.